How's it hanging, Mark? Oh, limp sagging into the left, Johnny. How about you? I mean, not really hanging. It's kind of cold. It is very cold. Yeah, that, maybe that's why it's to the left and kind of just, I don't wanna. Oh, yeah. So, Mark, let me tell you that uh, I have the yeah. absolute most best perfect wife in the entire world. Okay. My wife knows that I am, like, obsessed with Scandinavian culture. I have ever since I met a friend, like, online gaming about two years ago. She and I talk every single week. She lives in Norway. I've met her friend who's another Norwegian. I've got another friend who's from Amsterdam. Like, all sorts of cool shit. But I'm getting really, really into, like, Norwegian Scandinavian culture. And I know you know this about me, but listeners may not know that I'm obsessed with, like, weird foreign foods. So... Ever since I started talking to this friend, she actually had no idea that I knew as much about Norway as I even realized that I did. Because we started talking about Turbo Negro, which is a Norwegian death punk band. Fantastic. You guys should check them out. You'll recognize them if you watch Jackass. And I brought up a specific cuisine. Now, Mark, what cuisine do you think I might be talking about? Oh, are you thinking of Ludafisk, Johnny? I am thinking of Ludafisk. Now, how many of our listeners do you think know what Ludafisk is? I bet none of them at all because we have no listeners in Norway. (laughs) It's true. It's true. I know we have a couple people that do enjoy King of the Hill, though, so they may remember what Ludafisk is. Uh, It is a Scandinavian delicacy where you take an entire codfish and you scale it and that's it. You leave the eyeballs, you leave the guts, you leave the bones, everything. You wash it and soak it in washing soda, or more commonly known as lye. Basically, the stuff that you make soap out of that's actually kind of toxic for humans. You let it sit in that, and you soak it for like two or three days. Traditionally, you take it out of that, you dry it out, and you throw it into a hole in your backyard. You bury it for three weeks. After... You, you dig it back up, you bring it back into your house, you throw it back into a nice big thing of water that's boiling, and you reconstitute it. It takes the lye out oh some boy. way, but what the lye has done has jellified everything inside this fish. So basically, it's fish you can eat with a spoon. God, now, that's so terrible. it sounds amazing because honestly... The more I can eat with a spoon, the better. I am very lazy when I like to eat. Now, I bring this up because I have an authentic Ludafisk recipe that I swear one of these days, Mark, I'm going to show up and I'm going to give it to you. And you're just going to have to try a bite. It's going to be great. But my wife got me a recipe. She got me a Norwegian cookbook for Christmas because she knows how much I love King of the Hill and how much I love Norway. Um, And also how much I love Reverend Stroop, even though she is really not Norwegian. She's just Minnesotan. Welcome to Dango Podcast, so everybody. Minnesotan. <laughs> I'm going to apologize in advance. Uh, I'm definitely drinking a nice alcoholic drink, and it's got some ice, so you're going to hear some clinking. Clink it up, baby. I'm squirrely as shit. It's all good. No need to apologize. <laughs> yes, welcome to Dango Podcast. This is the weekly King of the Hill podcast where we're not only we talk about our penises, but we also talk about Mike Judge's beloved animation classic, King of the Hill, and that would be me, Mark, and my good buddy... Johnny. We talk about two episodes of King of the Hill. We talk about the goods, the bads, the highs and the lows. We talk about if we still love it or if we're over it. And then we hit it with our patented rating system. And Johnny, I am excited for this one. We, we got to get into it, buddy. 
We do. We are on episode 55, Dogdale Afternoon. We have an original air date of April 13th, 1999. Uh, we, our writers for this episode are John Vitti and David Levian. And you guys would remember John Vitti most from the last episode we saw of his, where he is so full of himself, he actually put it in the title. Uh, but it's the Dolphin Rape episode. He is allowed to be full yeah. of himself. I just <laughs> figured rape. out that he wrote a ton or like he was like part of the staff on a bunch of my favorite Simpsons episodes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Dude's and got a super cool see, pedigree. It's really weird. Doing this, I notice these names more often. And I'm like, oh my god, these guys kind of just shape me as a person. Like Right. It's kinda cool that like there's twenty dudes out there that just wrote almost everything that you lo- know and love and watch. Like still today. And you're like, oh, wow. Yeah, these 20 dudes just kind of like shaped my life. Yeah, they made me who I am. Yeah. Yeah. So our cast of characters for Dogdale Afternoon are Hank, Peggy, and Bobby Hill, Luann Platter, Dale and Nancy Gribble, Boomhauer, Bill Dotrieve, John Redcorn, Sergeant Barber, and Jack. Now, uh, I did not realize that Jack came in so early in this show. Yeah, I was surprised. And it's not who he's supposed to be. Yeah. And I don't it's know why that's in my yeah. prose column, but fudge, it's not supposed to be. <laughs> um, Sorry, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, our synopsis for this episode. Oh, you're going to have so much cool shit to cut out of this. I swear. I'm, in, not I'm, I'm excited. It's, I'm, it's all right. <laughs> our synopsis for this episode. When Dale gets a new mower, he becomes insufferable, and the guys decide it's time to play a prank on him. Yeah, but but Johnny, why is he so insufferable? Um, because he's got he drives a, mason. a mason. Nothing else cuts it. <laughs> Thank you. That is exactly oh. what I hoped would happen. <laughs> oh, we're gonna get into a, a a conversation about his mason and how at one point in my life, not too long ago, I was basically him, where I had a specific riding mower brand that I liked, and I seriously contemplated buying a hat with their logo on it. And I had to stop myself. <laughs> I'm not even joking you, man. It's it's a thing. And I'm only a little embarrassed that it happened. Who was it? If you are from the great state of Colorado, there is a local mower brand here called Walker Mowers. They're from, I want to say they get assembled in Fort Collins. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so like northern Colorado, but they're zero turn radius. They've got a back catch on them. They've got all these really super cool add-ons, and you you drive them one-handed. So like your speed is your right hand, Mm -hmm. and you do all of your driving with your left hand. You just do like two little toggles back and forth. Oh, wow. So you basically look like you're just chilling and relaxing, and you got these toggles in between your, your legs, and you're just like, all right, cool. Let's do this shit. It's fantastic. They are fantastic mowers that have all sorts of different things that you can add to them, including a miniature snowplow. Oh, wow. So not only did I mow with my mower when I worked for the city, but I also plowed with my mower. Dude, it's a super cool machine. Nice. And I seriously wanted to buy a walker hat because I'm just that guy. Hell yeah, dude. Right on. <laughs> um, so our A story characters in this episode are Hank and Dale. Everybody kind of gets a little bit of say, and we have some good Peggy moments, but really it's Hank and Dale. Wouldn't you agree? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to jump into some of my notes here. I think it's super sweet that Boomhauer and his mom play board games together. Yeah, that is cute. You know, um, it's, it, we don't, 
I don't think we get to see enough of Boomhauer. I really wish that we would get a little bit more development from him. I even still think to this day that we just didn't get enough. We never eked out, like, we never got a full Boomhauer episode other than the patch one. Yeah, that and then the weird Canada one where he falls in love with the blonde chick. Right, right. But even then, that's that's only half an episode. Yeah, he's like the, like, C-plot. Like, yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Well, okay, no, and I take that back because we have the one where he gets dumped by the, not the ice cream girl, but the other girl. The oh, brother. yeah, yeah, yeah. But we just, compared to how many how many stories we got from Bill and how many stories we got from Dale, it just feels like the, you could have squeezed a couple more in there for Boomhauer. Mm-hmm. But, um, so I, in watching this episode, my wife is sitting here watching with me and she goes, you know, Dale's biggest flaw is that he is committed to everything he does blindly. Mm-hmm. And this is the episode where it finally shows it backfiring. Yeah. You know, Dale's biggest flaw is that he is so committed to everything. He's so committed to Nancy that he can't see that she's cheating on him. Mm-hmm. You know, he's so committed to doing his job that he can't see how physically bad it is for him. Mm-hmm. He's so committed to all of his conspiracy theories that there is no other option other than conspiracy theories. And his blind faith in being committed to Hank and Hank being his best friend is why he gets so worked up. And I was like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Mark, who was the Texas university shooter in 1966? I am glad you brought this up because I would like to take this opportunity, Johnny, to debut a new segment. You have your oh. retro reference rage. Well, now I have Mark's moments of murder. Hey, Cause I know this terrible shit for some reason. <laughs> um well tell me about charles whitman yeah uh um yeah so um travis charles i think his name was travis charles whitman he had the three names on um august 1st 1966 he went up to the clock tower at uh he went up to the texas university clock tower and shot a bunch of people wounding 31 killing 15 in 96 minutes um yeah he was ultimately brought down when local civilians helped rush the tower, and yeah, it was a bad deal. And this episode hits those really weird, like, marks of it. But yeah, like, insofar yeah. as, like, having the gun club acting as the vigilantes that, like, try to take him out, and yeah, it's a, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, old Charles Whitman. It's, it's very distinct, and, I mean... I knew that this was a not a parody of something, but I knew that it was referencing something even as a kid. Yeah. Because like everybody has grown up kind of learning about Charles Whitman and shooting something from a, a clock tower. It's not even the first time this has been done on an animated show in the 90s because they definitely already did this in The Simpsons with, uh, um, oh, well, who was it? Um, Skinner. Yeah, there's Skinner. Skinner walked up to the clock, yeah. tower, clock tower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it was, I just, I found it interesting, you know. Uh, I'm sure a lot of you guys out there know who Charles Whitman is. There's a really interesting explanation of him in the, the film Full Metal Jacket, where he's almost idolized because he could get off so many shots with a bolt-action bolt gun. Well, to be fair, fast like, of time. he did work. He was a sharpshooter, and I want to say the Marines, yeah. But, mm. like, without, like, giving props to a mass shooter, because that's not what I'm doing, but, like, no, he didn't. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. It's a huge... I don't know. Look up a picture of the, of the clock tower. It's a huge building. Like, I thought it was this, like, little rinky-dink deal. No, like, it's crazy. And then, like, come to... Fi- and then, yeah. like, the prevailing theory is he did it because he had a tumor in his brain. Like... Right. And it's like, shit, maybe we need to be investing more in VA care. Who knows? But, hey, whatever. 
I would definitely agree. You know, brain injuries are, are uh, kind of a big deal. Yeah. Ah, whatever. Uh, Johnny, put it through the helmet test. Yeah. <laughs> put it through the helmet test. Exactly. <laughs> um, Mark, do you got any other notes? Because that's what I've got on here. Um, I do, but I wrote them like an asshole. <laughs> uh, do, lawn, do lawnmowers have lights? Because Dale's has uh, lights, apparently. And that's weird to me. I mean, I've never seen them, but it doesn't mean they don't exist. But okay. I can't imagine why you'd want to mow your lawn when it's not light out. Yeah. Like, that just seems like a dick move. Um, I also use Bill's method in geology when he just grabs the thing and licks it. <laughs> when I was coming up, yeah? when I was, yeah, when I was doing geology courses, uh, one of the first things you had to do was, like, identify ten minerals. And one of them was always uh, halite or salt. So the first thing okay. I would do is pick up every single fucking rock and lick it. And if it tasted like salt, then it was, then it was salt. That was your halite. Until, until um, to identify limestone, you take just the tiniest bit of acid and drip it on there, and limestone will fizzle in acid. And somebody hadn't cleaned the specimen off before, like, Ooh. so I got some latent acid on the back of my tongue, and I definitely curbed my licking of rocks. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> you stopped being a rock licker is what you're telling yeah, me. Yeah, even so far as in, like, I was burning and the guy running the lab goes, Mark, did you lick the acid rock? <laughs> Could somebody find this man a base? <laughs> oh, God. And then finally, whose dog is that? I don't know why I wrote that, but Johnny, whose dog is that? Apparently there's a dog. There's a dog in there somewhere. I don't know. I, Who's I dog tell is you. that? Who's no, who wrote that note? I don't know. It's Amanda. She's just <laughs> like, right, she's sabotaging my notes. Right? And I can't read this one without trying, so yeah, that theory holds. <laughs> there you go. Uh, how about some pros, Oh, buddy? excellent. Or do you have, do you have um, any general notes? Sorry, I glossed over something. Uh, my pros here, I love the animation when Dale rides up on his mower and he's just sitting there like he, he circles him and the mower is still going and he's just like jiggling there. Yeah. It, it makes me happy to see. And it sh probably shouldn't because it's, but it's just like the little attention to detail. Dale is on a, a running mower at this moment and running mowers, they are shaky things. So watching him actually shake, it was satisfying. Okay. Um, it's been a long time since we had a good Dale episode. I've missed Dale-centric stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, what was our last really good Dale episode? I don't think we've really had one. I mean, I want to say the, um, I can't think of the name of it, but the, or Peggy's Headaches, Peggy's Headaches. Um, Peggy's Headache, yep. A little bit, but not really. And then Well, yeah. I mean, we had King of the Ant Hill, which is one of my all-time favorites, but. But that was season one. It is. It's, yeah, like, I feel like we didn't get a lot of Dale in season two, at least not a full Dale episode. Well, but even, like, with the, um, oh, the Boneyard episode, and we talked about, like, Dale doesn't need to be in this, and he feels mm -hmm. like he's wasted, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think it's nice to see Bill get involved for a change in this episode. Yeah. Like... He actually gets a chance to work and, and play around and mess with Dale just like Hank and Boomhauer do to him all the time. Yeah. And I, I think it's it's very wholesome to see him go, wait, you guys really aren't playing a joke on me, right? Like, oh, don't do this to me again. Nope. Oh, wow, this is a lot of fun. <laughs> and then, uh, Mark, I want some continuity here for you. All right, sir. 
when they're at the clock tower at the very end, what does Peggy pull out? Oh, dude, I don't remember. What is it? <laughs> she pulls out a fun saver. Oh, yeah. She pulls out one of her stupid little fun saver cameras. We find out <laughs> later, though, that Peggy has this weird obsession with, like, true crime and, like, accidents and shit. Yeah. I, I forget oh, the episode, yeah. but, like, she gives Hank her um, book and is like, here, look at this. Was that Propane yeah. Boom 2? No, that was Propane Boom 2. Yeah, right? Maybe. Or, or not, whatever, Death of a Propane? Cut all that out. Mark, cut all this out. You're being stupid. <laughs> you're fucking hammered. Death of a Propane You're fucking being squirrely. Yeah, never mind. Um, Peggy and her fun saver. Also, Bobby is still a good shot. I love that. Yes. Let Bobby Hill to take this shot. Yeah. Because we put know me down Bobby clean. Hill will put him down clean. And then Bobby's yes. red. Okay. Okay. Hey, give me that. <laughs> he just uh, takes the cop's gun. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are the pros that I've got for this. How about you, man? I got a couple as I choke up my beer. Um, It's my yard. <laughs> I don't know why I wrote that, but apparently it made me laugh. <laughs> it's Dale just looking at everybody. It's the two ladies walking by with their dog. Oh, and yeah. Goes, and he's, what are you yeah. looking at? It's my yard. That's, that's what it was. That's what it was. Yeah, that was good. Um, <laughs> you hit one of them. I like it when Peggy gets into this one. It's funny. And then Ooh. finally, I want Bobby mm-hmm. Hill to take the shot. It's, yeah, I, it's a funny episode. There's a lot of good Dale moments. Um, there's so much dumb shit about it too, though, that I love. Like when they take the picture with it and the grays and it's like, oh, yep. you're right. That's too obvious. It's like, no, Dale probably buys that one too. Yep. I, so I'm curious. We know that Dale does not like Peggy. Has that been like firmly established yet? So we know from um, Peggy's headaches when he talks to her and he's like, "I have no romantic interest in you." But past right. that, I don't know. I so at that at that point, I, I think it's think just him being respectful. Like shitty, yeah. But I don't think he's become shitty about it because I know that he does become kind of shitty towards Peggy later on. Right. Oh, he definitely does. Yeah. I'm thinking specifically of her birthday episode. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious if you think this might be the catalyst for it, if he finds out that Piggy helped them with this. Because, yeah, maybe, because Dale will hold a grudge, but he can't do it to Hank and Bill and Boomhauer, so maybe. Uh-huh. But he absolutely can to Peggy. Yeah. So hmm. I, okay. it's, I'm just, it's a little inside baseball, but, you know, is what it is. Um, Yeah. I, I love her involvement in this because it's not often that you see her interact with the guys in the same way as yeah. Hank and everybody else. So it's kind of cool. Um, yeah. I've got I've got a con. Okay. My only con is that while this is very entertaining TV, it is so unrealistic. Okay. But also part of that is the fact that you and I have grown up in the age of uh, mass shootings. And so the idea that they a suspected active like active shooter is somewhere anywhere. There's no way this dude is walking out. Like they're not gonna let Hank talk to him. They're not gonna let just like random people with gun club guns show up. You know, you and I live in an era and time where okay, this person's gonna hang out for a couple of hours. It's gonna make national news, and they're gonna bust in and shoot him. Unless he's white. Well, and Dale what? is very white. white. Huh? What are we talking about? What? Yeah, Dale mm-hmm. is very white. Okay, maybe this is a little bit more realistic. <laughs> I'm not trying to be that guy, but goddamn. Nope. Like... <laughs> no, you can call me out on it. 
I'm not calling but, you out. I'm calling us out. Like, fucking A. Right. Figure it but, out, guys. Really? I mean, that's about the only con I have in this whole episode. It's a great episode. It Fantastic was hard for episode, me to yeah. find something that I didn't like about it. And really, that's the only thing. Is it like, okay, it's very entertaining, but there's no way this would ever happen in real life. Yeah. Yeah, I th- yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. What's your what's your cons, man? Uh they're real dumb and all it is is that Dale number 1 should know that Lee Harvey Oswald is dead. We know that Dale buys into <laughs> the accepted theory that Jack Ruby shot and killed him, which Jack yes. Ruby did shoot and kill Lee Harvey Oswald. But then also they're hitting a lot of weird JFK stuff in this and I don't hate it. I just think it's kind of <laughs> weird. And <laughs> I feel like this is one of those episodes that I didn't get until I was, like, 22 and getting into weird shit, but, yeah. Okay. Well, no, it's like the it's like the fucking um, Whitman shit, and it's like, nah, Jack Ruby definitely shot Lee Harvey. Like, I know this yes. crap now, so I enjoy it a little bit better, yeah. Right. But um, I don't have, past that, I don't have really any cons. Like, it's all funny. I love them fucking around with Dale. I love the idea of, like... Let's Photoshop. Except Peggy still has a bad computer, and they talk about using Photoshop, right? Yeah, but she did, no did go to Kinko's. Photoshop. Oh, she did. That's right. Never mind. I'm she like, did go to Kinko's. There's no which way is she's in... running Photoshop on a K-Pro. Like, not a thing that's happening. No. no uh, the, the, well, hell no. Those weren't Y1K compliant. Um, my, <laughs> my retro reference rage for this is Kinko's, because Peggy brings it up. The boy yeah. at Kinko's says it was too much. Do you think it's too much? <laughs> No, I. It's interesting to me that a con for you is that he brings up Oswald because that's one of my favorite moments. Because it's he's not so a classic con, just Dale. to be fair, because he should know. We, damn it, we see him reading Joseph the uh, the Warren report, like it's to help true. him go to bed. Like he knows that Oswald <laughs> is dead, got killed by Jack Ruby. Like whatever. That's... Rubies and magic bullets. <laughs> I absolutely anyway. adore that scene. Because um, that's in my favorite moments, man. I'm totally transitioning us to favorite moments. Yes, please um, do. Dale just going, Oswald, mower, grassy knoll, where it all just like makes sense to him yep. when he's looking at the picture and he's just like so strung out at that point. Oh, it's incredible. It's peak Dale. Um, I also love his line of, uh, I heard Bobby say he did it. Something about a score to settle. Something about a woman. <laughs> we were talking about like putting Mr. Pibb and Min and Hanks um, in his yeah. mower lo- fuel line. <laughs> it's Mr. Pibb. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I mean. Like That's Bill's deduction. I heard reason. Bobby taste say he it. did it. You just taste it. That's how you figure out what it is. Lick it. Lick it and see if it's... Is it salt? No? Okay. You, well, you narrowed one oh. down. Is it and now this is Mr. Pibb and it's a brown liquid? Like, well, uh-huh. maybe. Oh, yeah. No, this is pant load bill, too, because otherwise, why in the hell would he be putting, like, fuel in his mouth? Because he has the Mark Jones deductive reasoning. Fuck you. Don't make fun of us. We... <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you lick it first. Doc Newman gave us the best advice of our life when he said, if you don't never fuck anything, you wouldn't eat first. Well, there you go. It's it's very true. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I might be kind of drunk. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's dude. uh, That entire very large drink. I sent you a picture of is almost gone. So boy, 
Um, this is our best episode of calling it right holy, now. Holy shit. I just definitely did that fucking Bill laugh for you. <laughs> holy shit. <laughs> okay, Mark, give me some of your favorite moments, buddy. Oh, favorite moments. I only have but one favorite moment because I can't say the whole episode. Oh. And it is it is an Allegro XJ93 Redeemer. 73Ds of Twin Barrel 4-Stroke War Cry. All at a price that I can't really afford. <laughs> yes. Yes. Wrote that shit oh. out, sir. <laughs> Mark. Johnny. Are you going to talk or are you going to mow? <laughs> I want to find you a uh, I want to find you a Mason Skunk Works hat. I have to. You got me a nice Mac hat and a blue like a, a strictly propane blue flame. I got to find yeah. you a Mason hat, man. Hell yeah, dude, I'm in. Oh. Be amazing. Um okay. So, with that being said, Mark, I think we're down to our ratings, yeah? I believe you are correct, sir. Do you want to tell the good people what our rating system is, patent pending? That is a gribble of an idea, Johnny. So at the very, very bottom, and we're going to do this like lawnmowers. At the very, very bottom, <laughs> you have one of those weird, like, bladed, scythe weed whacker things that you just swing back and forth like an asshole. And that's your lawnmower, <laughs> and that's all you can afford. Go trim your ditch, hippie. Above the, that, the Homer Simpson, The Homer Simpson push mower. Well, that's the above that. That's our charcoal is the Homer Simpson push mower. Like, <laughs> it's it's not a good mower. It's not going to get you through your day, but, well, your lawn's still going to get mowed, but you're going to feel drained after doing it. And, goddamn, half an hour seemed like four and a half, really, didn't it? Above that yeah. is our, uh, <laughs> I don't know if I called it, but I, that was a Megalo rating. Sorry. Above that is butane. The butane rating is, like, it's your granddad's lawnmower, and it's in good shape. And it's all right, but he has the setting set to, like, go full bore, and your walking speed is three-point times, you know, full bore. So you just pop off the zip tie and push that bad Larry. Above that <laughs> is the Char King. The Char King is a pretty decent mower. It's a riding mower, Johnny, but it's a little rumpy, it's a little bumpy, and once you know it, your parents' backyard is a little bit hilly. But you're still the king of that hill in your Char King Hill mower that it's a good episode of high moments and it makes you laugh and you remember it fondly. Would you say that it doesn't have uh, seat warmers or a cup holder? I would say that it doesn't have seat warmers and a cup holder. But above that, you know, it does have seat warmers and a cup holder, but it doesn't warm your beer up if you like to hold it between your legs. That's right, Johnny. It is our Blue Flame of Valor, or in this case, it is a Mason, because in terms of good episodes, <laughs> nothing else cuts it. This is the best of the best. This is an episode that you can show to people with zero context, and they will love it as much as you do. And you will quote, quote lines from this years down the line, and you will forgive all of the silly little bits in it that maybe weren't that great when it came out, but it was that great when it came out, and you're looking at it through rose-tinted glasses, but they've always been rose-tinted because they're perfect, because that's what a blue flame of valor is. Johnny, what do you give Dogdale Afternoon? On a scale of charcoal to blue flame of valor. I gave Dogdale Afternoon a Char King. Okay. Now, I'm going to uh, put a couple of provisions here. This is about as close to a blue flame as you can ever possibly get without actually attaining it. Okay. The literal only thing stopping 
this episode from being absolutely perfect and blue flame for King of the Hill is that you have to know that Dale is this guy before you go into it. Mm-hmm. Knowing that Dale is the conspiracy theory, he's he's the guy who just like he will believe absolutely everything about the government out to get you. He's the guy who will absolutely overspend on something he doesn't need because, okay, why the hell not? And he's going to be a smug asshole about it the whole episode. If you don't know that already about Dale, it just doesn't hit quite as hard. Yeah. However, I would put this up there as almost a blue flame of valor. Like, I would show this to anybody, like you said in before in one of our previous episodes. A blue flame of valor is an episode you'd show to somebody who's never seen King of the Hill in order to get them interested. This yeah. is almost one of those episodes. And you could make the argument that you could still show it to somebody and say, okay, I'm going to tell you right now before this starts that Dale is super into conspiracy theories and loves stuff about the Kennedy assassination. And that's all they need to know. Yeah. But even, like, the little, like, he references it. And you can even get that, like, with just the teeny bit of context you get in this episode for it. Like, right. Yeah. So, um, I gave it a, a Char King, and it was, it's a very hard Char King. Like, it was very, very, very close to a blue flame for me. Because okay. this episode is damn near perfect. Awesome. How about you, man? Literally, dude, you read my mind. Char King for literally your exact reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Like... This is a Charking Imperial for us. Like, yeah, it is. This, fantastic. Well earned. Like, yeah, it's such a good episode. It's great. Like, there's not a down moment. Nothing's really dropped. It's fun to see Bill, like, get to be, like, that little bit of role reversal and he gets to be a dick a little bit. That's great. Like, yeah, fantastic episode. Oh, yeah. No, this is like Imperial 2.0. Yes, absolutely. Oh, man. Okay, well, it's going to be hard to top this one, wouldn't you say, Mark? Our next episode is episode 56, Revenge of the Ludafisk. So this is written by Jonathan Abel and Glenn Berger. So we're back to Abel and Berger. We've seen lots of good stuff by them. And Mark, that's the one. That's the one. Can I tell you when this episode came out, Johnny? Mark, you can absolutely tell me what our original air date of this episode is. Well, I don't think I watched it when it first came out because it first came out on... Uh, April 20th, 1999, or Columbine Day, if you live in Colorado, or listen to this podcast and have heard Johnny freak out about this date all the goddamn time. I've definitely done it two seasons in a row, guys. Uh, (laughs) We're finally there. Uh, Apparently, I need to just not drink when we're doing this podcast, because otherwise I wouldn't have made an ass of myself, not twice, maybe only once, but guys, we're there. It's Columbine Day. Um... I, we we so I'm gonna digress for half a second here. Please we have this all we, we we have this all in very good fun and jest, but Mark and I definitely lived through this sort of tragedy. Unfortunately, there's been a lot of them in Colorado since then. None of them quite as big as this, but we've had an awful lot. I mean, we had the James Holmes massacre at the Batman show. Yep. We recently had somebody shoot up a grocery store in Boulder, Colorado. Yep, like that was like a year ago. Yep, every time we turn around, something about Colorado and our gun laws here and the fact that everybody here carries, even though we're relatively democratic, we're just a giant state that loves to hunt and kill shit. Um, hunt and we kill t- shit we do- fine, but, you know, yeah. do it in five shots or less, you pussies. Like, there you go. Yep. Uh, we do take Columbine very seriously. Like I said, we lived through it, so around oh, yeah, us, especially thing. when, like, we, we've, yeah, when it, we grew up, this was this, all of this stuff was, it's not new to us. Um, 
the the active shooter drills and all that stuff. I'm sure Mark went through them. I know I went through them. Oh yeah. It's very real. So we we say it and in jest and levity, but we want to make a, a second here. Take a second here to just say, hey, we appreciate it. We know that it's an important moment in history, and now I'm never going to bring up Columbine again. It's going to be great. That's really the important part out of this. I'm never going to bring start, it up again. I'm going to start counting down to uh, 9-11. So, yeah. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Guys, that's, how, that's what we're going to do today. That's what we're going to do. Whatever. Anyway, <laughs> let's talk about so our cast, episode. Yes. Our cast of characters for Revenge of the Lutefisk. Hank, Peggy, and Bobby Hill, Luann Platter, Dale Gribble, Boomhauer, Bill Dotrieve, Con Supernus and Pone, uh, in a very weird cameo, but kind of cool. Uh, we have Cotton and Dee Dee Hill. We have Reverend Thomason, his last appearance. We have a cameo via the Fire Chief that we saw in a firefight and we will go. Same guy, same voice. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And guys, we are finally to the point where we have Arlen's final pastor, Karen Stroop. Finally here. It is the we debut. It is the debut of everybody's favorites. Is it Lutheran or no, it's Methodist. 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 Everybody's favorite Methodist like preacher. Gotta love Karen Stroop. Gotta love her. Okay. Uh in that respect, Mark, our synopsis today is Arlen gets a new minister from Minnesota who brings a unique Scandinavian dish to her congregation. When Bobby eats it all and gets sick, he accidentally burns down the church and lets the blame fall on Cotton. Yeah, you nailed it. Right there. Our A-story characters are Bobby and Cotton. And Cotton's really only in it for about half an episode. It's weird. I don't know if you felt this way. I felt it very weird to have a Cotton-centric episode where he's only in like half of it. Yeah, it. I even have notes about that, but yeah, yeah. Um, well, let's let's jump into notes. Give me some of your notes, buddy. All right, some of my notes. Also, um, just heads up, Vizzy watermelon with mango tastes like really bad chonch. Um, I took a chonch? drink of it. Chonch, like lady bit. It's like gross. <laughs> like she hasn't showered in a couple days and definitely been doing like work outdoors. Oh, that's the smeg, my buddy. Is not on ladies, it isn't. Yeah, it is. It only that's, comes from ladies. That's the shmigma. Um, anyway. Shmigma. It's, it's just, it's rough. Wow, <laughs> listeners, if you're still there. Oh, oh well, you're not going to cut this out. That's amazing. No, I'm not. <laughs> Charcoal episode is a shmigma. <laughs> Putting on, put on shorts, shmigma. <laughs> All right. Um, um, number one, Johnny's head explodes at the date. There we go. Um, yep. I like Bill's foreshadowing of him dating Reverend Stroop. That's kind of funny. Yes. Um, I bet you Stroop doesn't watch the Vikings play without the NFL Network, not in goddamn Texas, unless they're, like, playing a Texas team. I don't think the NFL Network existed at that point. I'm pretty sure you could still watch, oh, yeah, like, no. a lot of those. It didn't, but remember when like football games were kind of regional, like you. Yeah, no, it's true. You wouldn't get you know AFC games if you were NFC region. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh yeah, no. It's there's a lot of people here in Colorado that are are uh, they're let's see what is it Green Bay fans and Steelers fans because you saw a lot of Green Bay and Steelers games when you didn't want to watch the Broncos get their ass kicked. Yeah, I'm a huge Green Bay fan. Go Pat, go. Yeah, like yeah. Um. I want to keep an eye on something, Johnny. Dale bakes okay. this episode. He talks about he made some lemon bars. 
we yes. will see Dale bake more and more. And I think it would be kind of cute if we ended this podcast with, like, a Dale Gribble, uh, what do you call it, bakery, I guess, whatever. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because I know he's going to make muffins not too long from now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why I have this note, but the guys are drinking beer at 8 a.m. for some reason. I feel like that <laughs> needed to be written down. And then finally, um, I have a note. Where does Cotton live? Never mind. It's Houston. So I don't know why I wrote that down either, but I did. Fair enough. Yeah. How about you, buddy? Any weird notes or anything? Um, we have our first Gribble report. Yes, we do. That's that's in my pros. <laughs> the, the Gribble report. report. Um, okay. So Bobby has his moment where he sees and does something really big and then like physically gets sick because he doesn't want to own up to it. Mm-hmm. And my question here that I put in my notes is, Mark, did you have a big thing in your life that you saw or did that you could relate to Bobby where like you were the person that knew you're, you're, you're Freddie Quimby and the, the freaking giant shouter. Yeah, shouter and, and your giant square of uh, rice crispy treat. Yeah. Like, did you have one of those moments when you were a kid? I don't think I did. Did you? I had one moment um, that I'm pretty sure if I hadn't said something, the, my entire house would have gone up in flames. Oh, damn. Because my older brother was definitely not going to own up to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, my older brother, he's six years older than I am. And he had a friend that lived just down the street from us. Uh, I don't know if the kid's legal name was Bubba, but everybody called him Bubba. Okay. So he was kind of a bad influence of a kid. And my older brother did not need a bad influence of a kid around him because he was already a bad influence of himself. Mm-hmm. And I guess, you know, I walked out in my backyard one day and I see the two of them and they're just like screwing around in the back. And I'm like, hey, what's going on? Like nothing. Nothing's going on. What are you doing? Like, why are you back here? We don't want you here. They mm-hmm. tried to run me off. And all of a sudden I just looked and I looked at the side of my house and I see some smoke going up. And I'm like, oh, shit. I don't like that. That's smoke. Yeah. That means there must be fire. So I ran inside and I said, hey, mom, I think the side of the house is on fire. And she went, what? I'm like, yeah, Matt was out there. I think the side of the house is on fire. Oh, sure God. enough, the side of my house was on fire because my oh, older brother thought it was a smart thing to do to play with matches with his buddy down from down the street. Just oh, toss God. some matches on the side of the house with a bunch of dead leaves. So my mom walks out. She eventually puts the fire out. She has to use her fire hose, but... Somebody had already called the the, uh, EMS services, so the cops showed up, and the fire department showed up, and an ambulance showed up, and my older brother got a ticket from the cops and a bunch of other shit. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he definitely had not even made one step to try and go inside and talk to my mom. He didn't go for the, like, he didn't go for the uh, uh, garden hose, which is what my mom put it out with. He had just walked his way down the street to his other buddy's house. He just let the side of our house on fire. Whoa, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, so that's the big thing. Damn. But initially, luckily, like, I went right to my mom because I'm kind of a little narc like that. That's okay. It's okay to narc when your house is on fire. Kids, narc when your house <laughs> is on fire. Yeah, that's okay to go and talk to your parents about. You're still a cool kid at that point. Sa- nothing cooler than saving your house. <laughs> yeah. So he got into a lot of trouble, had to do some community service. And honestly, I don't know if he ever knows that I'm the one that told on him. Because I do have a younger brother that's four years younger than me. But uh, he's not going to listen to this. All right, cool. (laughs) 
I could I could offer it to him, but he'd just be like, eh, why do why do why do I want to listen to you talk? I love my brother. Don't get me wrong. Works for tips. Why would I listen to you talk? I hear enough of your opinions. <laughs> so, Mark, with that yes. being said, um, give me some of your pros, man. Well, you already hit one of them, the Gribble Report. <laughs> the Gribble Report. Um, I got to give a shout out to Cotton. At least he is backing up his hatred and misogyny with, you know, scriptural backing. Goddamn. Can't, can't even be mad at you. You're doing it. Yep. Um, there is Cotton the would be the person to do it. Yeah, like, he's doing it, though, like, good for him. You know what? Like, I appreciate, like, at least he, at least he's doing it, you know? If you're going to be hateful and Christian, well, cite your sources, and he does, and that's good. Um, church burnery, Johnny, church burnery. They're going to get me for church burnery. <laughs> um, all my pros are dealing with Cotton. Cotton I know great. they would be. Cotton is funny, and then I love when Peggy gets shitty with Cotton. I love it so much. She has the tape recorder in her purse. She's being a real bitch about it. I love it. It's wonderful. <laughs> I knew Fantastic. this was too good to be true. Yep. So good. Oh, yeah. Um. So for my pros, I like that Hank immediately warms up to Stroop because it's very uncharacter for Hank. You know, he's worried at first, like, okay, she's just going to sit here and talk and talk and talk because it's a lady pastor. Like, I'm going to have to miss all this stuff. And the second she mentions, like, nope, I'm into football, too. I like watching the Vikings. He doesn't even care that it's another team. It's like, okay, you know what? Everything I just thought about you just went out the window because you have already, like, turned my mind around. Yeah. I really like that Hank, because it's a very Hank thing to do, to give somebody the almost the benefit of the doubt. Bill is stupidly proud of how lame of a job he has, and I love how dumb it is. Like, okay. he shows up in his army barber outfit to go and meet Stroop. Well, you gotta put your best foot forward, and you only get one chance to make a first oh. impression. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I've got a note in here that you're gonna need to help me out with, because I have no idea what it means. I am excited to be on this end of the floor change. <laughs> it is what Dale's fake ice cream cone. Dale's fake ice cream cone. Like what am I? What am I? It's in a pro. Oh. I'm trying to get myself through this. Like what? Dude, I I'm at a loss. <sighs> Dale's fake ice cream cone. It's in a. It's in pro. We'll think about it. We'll meditate on this and come back to it. Okay, I'm gonna. I might have to rewatch this episode now because I want to know. We're gonna pray on it. Yeah. Um, we have the return of our. I said police chief in my notes, but I know it's the fire chief. <laughs> I had that um, as a note too, though. I said fire chief's back. Excellent. Our fire he's chief still, is like, back. All weird over tanned Oompa Loompa too, though. That's kind of. Cool. He is. He's Oompa Loompa man. Maybe that's um, how he looks. That's how Heck Dorlin looks. I just, no Heck Dorlin's not the fire chief though. <laughs> Fuck, that's right. He's not. That was um. I really like that Arlen has like nine different religious affiliations. When they all show up in front of the burn church, they've got um, Khan, who is their their Buddhist affiliation. It is Buddhist regalia, yeah. Yeah. Um, they've got Jew there. They've got Catholic there. They've got Methodist there. I'm like, okay, this is kind of cool. Like you guys are showing a lot of different stuff. Well, what did we say? 14,000 people. Yeah, I bet you guys. No, 140. Are... Yeah, that's what I meant to say. I'm dumb. Yeah. Yeah, but like no, like you you have that many people. I reckon you have equal, not equal, but a, a spattering of representation. Yeah. Oh yeah, but the fact that they all showed up for Stroop is kind of cool. It's, it's definitely cool. real world. Like 
that's what a lot of those people would do. They would show up and say, hey, we're going to help support you because your freaking church burned down. Yeah. Because that's what not shitty people do. That's what not shitty Christians do, guys. Wait, Don't wait, be wait. shitty you, Christians. You you mean that you and I can believe in two different Sky Daddies and we can still be cool to each other about it? We really can. No, fuck you. I hate you. Podcast over. All right, boo-boo. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> um, the last pro that I've got here is that this is a great Cotton episode for such a short appearance. Like yes. We really don't see a lot of him, but every line is not wasted. Yeah. Uh, how about cons, man? What cons do you got? Um, I don't know if they're cons. Well, okay, I do have one. Let it go. It's fish. Jesus Christ. Stroopy gets a little bit irritated. Oh, my Lucifer's God. Shut up. Just she. No, she really does. She kind of loses her shit over one dish. Now, I did tell you, it takes three weeks of sitting in the ground to make that dish. So I get does that it. Change and, your mind. And having that, yeah. But also, has she been in Orland for a month now? Maybe. I mean, maybe you get established. I don't know. Um, that <laughs> irritates me. And then she like bitches. Oh, you burnt the church and threw away my lutefisk. Whatever. Um, like they're she's equating them to the same thing. Yeah, and it's like it's not. Yeah, whatever. I don't know. But it, what it literally is me being a bitch about it. I got irritated. Um. Uh, Sundress Luan is here. Uh, anytime yeah. I see Luan in a sundress, I'm calling as a con, because cannot simp for Luan. Listeners, it's the strangest boner. I'm going to have my major baby sex stream one night, and it's going to be real bad. Um, gurgle, gurgle, Mark. Gurgle, gurgle. <laughs> Fuck you, Johnny. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> hey, what, what? <laughs> <laughs> um... Finally, um, Con, there's no way in hell that matchbook survived. I'm just, like, without being that guy, how does a church burn down but a matchbook made of wood and matches a thing made to burn and cardboard survive? Whatever. I'm going to tell you right now, it's because he threw it in the water. What water? He threw it in the toilet. Fuck, did he? I'm pretty sure he did. Because I've had that thought before. I've had that thought before. Like, no, this doesn't make any sense. How would they find his girly matches, man? Like, I don't get it. Okay, fine. Okay. But I okay. think that's why. I Correct me right. if I'm wrong, listeners. Correct me if I'm wrong. Shit, I might go watch it again just to see again. I don't know, but yeah. I okay. Well, I need to figure out Dale's fake ice cream cone, so. Yeah, that one's stumping me. I'm sorry, Johnny. <laughs> it's really stumping me. Um, so my, I only have one con, Mark. Yeah? Yes, um, burning down the church is a season ender. It's nah. not a mid-season episode. Nah, not at all. We don't no, see him at it, church. No, that's an ender. Nah, we don't see him at church ever, really. And we, ju- we just bought the Megalomart. What, you want every season of King of the Hill to end on, like, something exploding? No, but I'm just saying, like, that's intense. Why would you do that in the middle of a season? Because they don't care. Because it's church. Like, no one likes church. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Fair. I don't know. I don't. I'm not disagreeing, but I don't. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. I don't right. know. Okay. Um, I have one retro rage for you. Okay. I do not think the Winston Cup is still called the Winston Cup, is it? Johnny, we've talked before. I don't follow NASCAR at all. I have no. Here, you know what? Hang on. We'll just. We'll just. I'm pretty sure it's the Sprint Cup now. 
Oh my god, there's so many races. I, I'm going to agree with you and say it's a Sprint Cup. I don't even know. I think it's the Sprint Cup altogether now. Because okay. it's it's the Championship Series, well, which is the Sprint Cup. Well, because it's sponsored by Winston's Cigarettes, and you can't have cigarette it sponsorship was. now, right? Exactly. Yeah. So Sprint Telephones makes the most sense, and I know the Sprint Cup is a thing. I'm more upset because I thought Sprint folded years ago, but shows you what I know. Uh, well, Sprint doesn't exist anymore. Sprint has been beat out by T-Mobile. They, okay, cool. they were bought that's up by thought. T-Mobile. Yeah, that's what I thought. So it would be the T-Mobile Cup now. I don't think that companies should sponsor things, but that's whatever. Never mind. Yeah, well, good luck with NASCAR, dude. That's all it is, is sponsorship. I get it, but yeah. I'm gonna go, guys, go watch baseball, or go watch basketball again, everybody. That's your homework for tonight. Absolutely. Okay, uh, favorite moments, Mark? I got the hiccups. Um, oh, God. I've got two of them. They're both cotton lines. I be- if I say they're both cotton lines, can you guess what they are? <laughs> Probably not, but okay. I have on here cotton smell diatribe. Okay. That's the man with the terrible smell. It's not I've been that. in here. <laughs> it's not that one. It's okay. cotton going, you too, stinky, when they're in the interrogation room. Yep. And then, not in the face. That's how I make my livings. <laughs> That's a great one. It's a great one. How about you, dude? Oh, um, so Cotton Smell Diatribe, where he's talking about I, you know, I, I, you know, sat in a vat of like fifty decaying men, or or something like that. He's like under a pile of I a bunch of Iwo dead Jima. men. I was under a pile of dead men in Iwo Jima. Yep. Yeah. And I, I have smelled some things, and yet I will never forget the smell of that that whole thing. It is so graphically amazing. Yep. I, I adore it. And then Peggy just going, a strip club in Houston. Hank, a strip club in Houston. She says it like four times. Yeah. Really He's like, I'm sure on. there's a lot of people that go, a strip club in Houston, Hank. <laughs> it's awesome. It's awesome. Oh, it's awesome. Um, okay, let's let's get a rating up uh, up in this bad boy, man. Let's rate her. Let's yeah, let's do her. Um, I forgot what I rated it. I know what I rated it, but no, I didn't rate. I didn't rate this one, Johnny. The fuck is wrong really? with me? Yeah, I, I mean, don't know because I didn't either. Remember? Oh shit, that's right. What'd you give it? <laughs> so on a scale of charcoal to blue flame, I gave this episode a char king. Yeah. It's a Char King. Uh, I love Reverend Stroop. I love that she is a continuous character. She will come back. We're finally at our our pinnacle of Arlen pastors. And they don't do a whole heck of a lot, but she has some pretty fun episodes later on in this series. Um, I really like the honesty that Cotton gives Bobby, where he sits there and just calls him stinky, and Bobby gets actively hurt by it. Yeah. Why are you so mean, Grandpa? Because that's what they're going to call you. You're going to be stinky for the rest of your life if they find out that you burned down a church because you had just a smelly shit. Yeah. Like, you're never going to live it down. I think that's super genuine. And it also is like one of the first times that we see Cotton genuinely say, I care about Bobby more than anybody else in the whole freaking world. Cotton is so sweet in this episode. Yeah, he's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, he's mean to Bobby, but it has a purpose. But it has like, a nope. purpose. He's not a dickhead. He's just, no, this is what they're... But even that, like, I'm an old man. It's fine. I don't care. Like, Yeah, I'm going to die soon. I don't care. Hill. Yeah, he doesn't care. So, I, I I absolutely love that. I think it's a, a great episode just in general. It shows how much people love 
love their religion in the right kind of ways. You can be religious. That's cool. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Be religious. Believe in whatever the fuck you want to believe. But yeah, just be cool about it. Yeah. Yeah. For an episode yeah. that literally is about burning a church down, I didn't feel like it was overly churchy. Not a very special episode either. Not like, yeah. you mean I should respect Jew Jewish people too? Like, yeah. Yeah. God, that no, would have been even have better if like, we burnt down a synagogue or something because of the Ludafisk, but whatever. Oh. Oh, no. I'm not, okay, I'm not saying it's okay to burn down a synagogue. I'm saying it'd be a funnier episode if Bobby inadvertently burnt down a synagogue. Like, whatever. They look at him, what are you talking about, Mark? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you committed a hate crime. What are you talking about? What are you talking hey. about? <laughs> hey, this, is, this is just how you burn down buildings in Arizona. <laughs> oh my god oh my god anyway um no yeah short king it's a great episode <laughs> all right so that's imperial right it's there imperial. Dude, we've given out a lot of imperials lately we're no, in the golden this is, era this is the golden goddamn era dude i've been looking at the like cue and i just totally punched my microphone because i'm so excited um <laughs> no we're we are these are the good these are the good days johnny this is the days yeah. when the king of the hill runneth deep and it runneth good and the flame is not always blue but it is a charcoaly color a kingly shade of gold like goddamn son yeah oh absolutely oh so i guess i know the answer to it but johnny do you still like king of the hill man mark i still love king of the hill how about yourself i love it i am excited for the future i know what's coming up the pike i am excited yes <laughs> absolutely Oh, fantastic. Well, Mark, uh, since we're wrapping up here, why don't you tell the good folks where they can find us? Well, they might have missed in our last episode because we might have gotten just a bit too silly. But I'll tell you guys now. You can find us at danglepodcast at gmail.com. You can find us at danglepodcast on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at Marky Stardust on Twitter or on my other podcast, the Two Wizards Podcast, where me and my buddy Josh talk about, like, some really weird shit. And, uh, yeah, Johnny, how about you, good buddy? Uh, they can find me at KrautBallStream on Twitter. Kraut is in sauerkraut, ball is in Swedish meatball, and stream as a synonym for gush, surge, or spurt. Fine. <laughs> How about sluice? Please don't say That's sluice. That's a good one. How about trickle? I'm getting a boner and I don't understand why. We gotta get out of here. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. Tune in next week. I'm pretty sure we're going to have something good. It'll be even better, if not worse. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> we won't be so have a drunk. Good night, everybody. We'll be more drunk. Who can say? Good night. We love you all. <laughs> Bye.